Good morning, Faith family, and if you're new with us today, we're glad you're here. Today, one of our college students, Madison Barbin, will give the message. We'll also hear songs led by Becky Dorn and then by Itzy Silva and Elise Dorn. Jameson Denoso will share with the kids, and Emma Barbin will read scripture. Now, let's listen to some gathering music from David Gerard. So grab some coffee, gather up the kids, and get yourself settled. And feel free to use this time to quiet your soul and bring yourself into the presence of God. Thank you. 
join me in singing America the Beautiful. superhero. Mine is Spider-Man. You know how some superheroes wear capes and have superpowers? Well, that is like their armor that keeps them safe. They use those superpowers to help others and keep others safe too. So today we're going to talk about the armor of God. God's armor keeps us safe. Some of the things that God has given us that are his armor are the Bible that we can read and how we're able to talk to him through prayer. God is always protecting us and always helping us. But you guys can be superheroes too. You can be a superhero by helping others and spreading the love of Jesus. So my challenge for you this week is to help someone in your family. You can do this by carrying the groceries, helping with dishes, or anything like that. See you guys next week. May God bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's people say, Amen.
scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Good morning, church. My name is Madison Barbin. You probably recognize me from singing up in the worship band, helping out in VBS, or just being around the church. You also might remember me when I was a lot younger as a little girl running around church with a stuffed purple frog. Over the last three years, I have been attending college at Northwest Missouri State University in Maryville, Missouri. I've been studying history with a supporting minor in public history and museum studies. And this coming year will be my senior year and last year of undergrad. However, I'm planning to maybe go on to graduate school in the future for history. Moving to a new state was a really big transition. I am growing up, Faith Westwood was really my home. And it was really sad to leave that and have to find a new home somewhere else. And I was able to find that in Maryville. Well, not one home, but more like many homes. My freshman year, I became involved in the Wesley Center, which is a Methodist church student organization at Northwest. And through that, I got amazing opportunities. For the last two years, I've been a peer mentor and helped with uh, fun activities for college students, but I've also been a church intern. As an intern, I went out to different churches in Nottoway County and led the services, gave sermons, um, did the call to worship, and led the hymns. It was something that I never thought I'd be able to do. I always thought it was a job for someone else, but not for me. It was always someone else that could be able to share the story, and I didn't feel like I was able to. However, multiple people at different times came up to me and told me that I would be good at it and I should try it out. So I decided to jump out there and try it. Try it. And I ended up loving it, which if you're ever in an opportunity and feel like you should jump out and try something new with your faith, I would definitely say go for it. Well, anyway, I am still preaching at these churches and I have eight different churches in Nottoway County that I have given a sermon at. 
and it's something that I really enjoy and I love going back to these churches. However, right now I'm currently in Omaha with my family and the last few days we have been watching a lot of Marvel movies. We're trying to lead our way ourselves up to watching Endgame, which was the last large Marvel film. So we're watching every movie in like a specific order in order to watch um, Endgame as our great finale. So right now it seems that superhero movies are just got really popular. Just in the last few years we've had like three Thor movies, three Iron Man movies, and countless Superman and Batman movies. And there's even movies about someone named Ant-Man, which I never thought that anything having to do with an ant could be a superhero, but it was a really good movie, and I would definitely recommend you watching it. It seems like all of these superhero movies just came out of the blue being popular now. But superhero movies and heroic people have been around for generations. For example, the first superhero comic books were written in the 1940s. And even earlier than that, in the beginning of English literature, we had heroes like Beowulf and King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. The idea of superhumans is not a recent phenomenon. We look towards these superheroes with awe because they are so different compared to us. Due to their unearthly powers, we don't really relate to them at all. Or do we? Christ followers are a lot like the incredible heroes from our imagination. Not all superheroes are born with their incredible traits. Just like us, many superheroes did not have start as perfect beings or have perfect lives. In our minds, we see them as these muscular people who can fly around, have chiseled jaws, and that legendary eight-pack that you hear rumors about, but no one's ever really seen it. And they just do these great things that we forget that they're sometimes real people that came from humble beginnings. We think of these great superheroes like Superman, Captain America, and Spider-Man, it's hard to see them as anything but perfect. They have their unearthly powers, but despite this, these superheroes have imperfections and humble beginnings. For example, Superman becomes weak when he's exposed to kryptonite, and Iron Man is just a rich guy without his amazing suit. Like these two superheroes, we're also not perfect people. As humans, we also don't have the most amazing beginnings, and neither do some superheroes. For example, Captain America was just a weak soldier before he became a super soldier later on. Spider-Man was just your average high school teenager before he got bitten by a radioactive spider. And King Arthur was just a young squire before he pulled the sword out of the stone. I'm happy we don't have radioactive spiders crawling around. Um, I mean, that'd be one way to become a superhero, but I'd kind of rather would choose not. But either way, 
like these superheroes, we have humble beginnings as well. And we also are not these amazing figures. These superheroes are not just found in comic books. We can easily find superheroes in the Bible. The Bible is probably the most epic book there is. It's a romance, it's a mystery, it's a thriller. It really keeps you on the edge of your seat. I bet the Bible would also make a pretty great comic book as well. Like in comic books, the superheroes in the Bible are just like us. Sometimes while growing up, it sometimes feels that you hear these stories over and over again about the great things about people in the Bible. And it kind of makes you think that like they're so great in the Bible that are they even people like us? Like how are we like these great people in the Bible? We tend to forget that people in the Bible also have those imperfections and humble beginnings as well. One superhero in the Bible that stands out to me is King David. David was not born the powerful and Christ-loving king that we always remember him as. David was the youngest child in his family. I picture David as this awkward, scrawny kid in middle school who's always picked last for the dodgeball and kickball team because no one really sees him as any kind of helpful asset. No one thought that he would be that important, but God thought differently. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, the prophet Samuel was appoint is appointed by God to go and find the new king of the Israelites. Samuel goes to Jesse, who was David's father, and asks Jesse to see his sons. Jesse brings in his eldest son, who is tall and handsome and muscular and looks really like that stereotypical superhero. And Samuel goes, Lord, here he is! This is the king of the Israelites! Like, look at him! He looks like a king. And God says, no, not him. Someone else. So Samuel goes to the next eldest son, who also equally looks like he could be a superhero, or already looks like he could be a great king. And Samuel goes, Lord, well, this must be him. Like, he also looks like he'd be an amazing king as well, and just look at him. But God says, no, let's go to someone else. So Samuel goes to every one of Jesse's children, and to each of them God says, not that one, move on to the next. Samuel goes up to Jesse and asks, Do you have any more sons? And Jesse replies, I have one youngest, who is out in the field as a shepherd. So Samuel goes out to the field, and that's where he sees David. And as I described earlier, David was not what you'd think a king should look like, being young kind of weak and a shepherd of all people. He's no soldier who's been in battles. The only battles he's fought is going and finding his lost sheep. But despite him not looking like a superhero or looking like a king, God saw something in David. God saw a superpower that David had inside of him and one that we have inside of us. 
It was the Holy Spirit and David's love for God in Jesus Christ. It was because of David's love for God that he was able to fight and defeat Goliath and become a great king. However, David was far from perfect. He was adulterous and purposely had another man killed in order in battle in order to have his wife. Like David, we are not perfect people. We all have sins that keep us away from having an amazing life with God. Like Superman, we have our own kryptonites. Nevertheless, like David, we also have the amazing superpower of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are God and Jesus' faithful sidekicks. God is like the ultimate superhero, and it's our job as his sidekicks to save people and make more Christian sidekicks. Every heroic story and comic book have the same basic layout, from Beowulf and King Arthur to Captain America and Iron Man. This is called the hero's journey. The next video clip comes from Ted Ed and it's called What Makes a Hero by Matthew Winkler and discusses the stages of the hero's journey. What do Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo all have in common with the heroes of ancient myths? What if I told you they are all variants of the same hero? Do you believe that? Joseph Campbell did. He studied myths from all over the world and published a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, retelling dozens of stories and explaining how each represents the monomyth or hero's journey. So what is the hero's journey? Think of it as a cycle. The journey begins and ends in the hero's ordinary world, but the quest passes through an unfamiliar, special world. Along the way, there are some key events. Think about your favorite book or movie. Does it follow this pattern? Status quo, that's where we start. One o'clock, call to adventure. The hero receives a mysterious message, an invitation, a challenge. Two o'clock, assistance. The hero needs some help, probably from someone older, wiser. 3 o'clock, departure. The hero crosses the threshold from his normal, safe home and enters the special world and adventure. We're not in Kansas anymore. 4 o'clock, trials. Being a hero is hard work. Our hero solves a riddle, slays a monster, escapes from a trap. 5 o'clock, approach. It's time to face the biggest ordeal, the hero's worst fear. 6 o'clock, crisis. This is the hero's darkest hour. He faces death and possibly even dies, only to be reborn. Seven o'clock, treasure. As a result, the hero claims some treasure, special recognition or power. Eight o'clock, result. This can vary between stories. Do the monsters bow down before the hero or do they chase him as he flees from the special world? Nine o'clock, return. After all that adventure, the hero returns to his ordinary world. 10 o'clock, new life. This quest has changed the hero. He has outgrown his old life. 11 o'clock, resolution. 
all the tangled plot lines get straightened out. 12 o'clock, status quo, but upgraded to a new level. Nothing is quite the same once you're a hero. The stages of the hero's journey do not only apply to comic book heroes, but our lives as Christ followers. In order to explain this, I'm going to compare our Christian journey to the movie that I've watched to first learn about the hero's journey, Star Wars. The movie Star Wars starts off with a young boy named Luke Skywalker. He lives his everyday life until he finds a peculiar drone with a peculiar holographic message from a woman named Princess Leia asking for help. This message is Luke's call to adventure. However, Luke initially refuses to go on his adventure to help the princess choosing instead to stay at home within his comfort zone. At the beginning of our Christian journeys, we grow through our everyday lives wondering what is out there. Our call to adventure comes from the first time that we hear or learn about God and Jesus. Like Luke, we are interested to start our journey with Christ, but are hesitant and sometimes refuse the call. Before Luke begins his adventure, he meets his mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who teaches Luke about the Force. In our lives, we have mentors as well, like pastors, friends, and family members, who teach us about God and the faith. After meeting Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke sets out to start his adventure, knowing that once his journey began, begins, there is no going back. In our journey as Christians, we cross the threshold when we decide to dedicate ourselves to following God and learning more about Him and what He wants for our lives. During Luke's, Luke's journey in Star Wars, he meets friends like Princess Leia, Han Solo, and Chewbacca who help him on his adventure. However, he also gains enemies like the Stormtroopers. Like Luke, we have friends and enemies during our journey as Christians. There are people who support us and help us grow in our relationship to Christ. They walk alongside us and help us to know God better. But there are also people, emotions, and commitments that pull us away from God and from having an amazing life with Him. Near the end of the hero's journey is the final challenge, or in video games terms, the final boss battle. In the movie Star Wars, Luke's final challenge is fighting Darth Vader. Each moment of the movie is leading up to this point when he is going to fight the main villain of the movie. In our Christian journey, we have many obstacles throughout the way that keep us away from God, but we also have our own versions of a final challenge. This challenge is overcoming our transgressions and sins that stray us away from having an amazing life with God. The hero's journey ends with overcoming the final obstacle and returning in glory and victorious. It's the moment at the end of the film when, a pro when the protagonist wins the affection of the girl of their dreams, or when the knight saves the damsel in distress. 
Luke does not exactly get the girl of his dreams at the end of Star Wars. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But if you have not, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's another movie that you should probably see. Luke does not exactly get the girl at the end of his dreams, but instead he does gain a different understanding of himself. He has a new idea of who he wants to be in the world and how he can help and where his place is and his possible future ahead of him. He left home as Luke Skywalker, but then when he came back, he returns as a Jedi. Our journey as Christians does not end by getting the girl, but instead with us gaining an eternal life with Christ. This is an even better treasure than any other superhero ending could have. Our epic journeys to Christ transform us into strong superhero Christians. We all have a ma an amazing superpower of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Tough God, save those in his kingdom. Now let's be in a spirit of prayer. Father, we come to you as souls searching for answers. Strengthen us with your love and feed our spirit. Guide us as we walk on the path that leads to you, with you as our guiding compass. Holy Spirit, help us to grow God's kingdom and assist in inspiring more of your children to become faithful sidekicks of Christ. Amen.
after the video, I invite you to go to faithwestwood.com service. There you can fill out a connection card, send in a prayer request. You can give to our 2020 ministry fund and to today's mission focus, which is our Helping Hands Fund. This fund helps people right in our own church who are facing life's challenges. Next Sunday's message will be about experiencing the presence and power of God right in our own homes. And now may God, who gives strength to the weak, be with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi, friends. Happy Sunday. What a day it'll be when we can see each other again. I miss you so much. Good morning, morning, church. church.